0: Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host Maurice Jackson, and joining us today is the most prominent, visible, vocal, and intelligent advocate for the gold standard to discuss his latest masterpiece entitled The New Case for Gold, Mr. James Rickards. Sir, it's an honor to have you join us today. Thank you, Maurice, great to be with you. Uh, Mr. Rickards, your last two books were truly exceptional. I'm speaking of uh, Currency Wars and the Death of Money. Now you focus your efforts on what I believe everyone has been anticipating, which is the aptly named The New Case for Gold. Uh, James, listeners are keenly aware that you are a strategic thinker. Therefore, I have to ask, why is the timing of your book so critical for listeners?
1: Well, uh, thanks, Maurice. That's a great question. Uh, A couple of reasons. You know, in my my first two books, um, Currency Wars, I had a chapter on gold and the death of money. I had two chapters on gold and I got to the point I said, you know what? I just, I have to stop touching on the subject and just do a whole book on gold. Just sit down, take everything I know, everything I've learned, everything I've researched, put it in one place, make it very accessible for the reader. And, uh, that's what we've done. Um, the, uh, you know, you never know books take a long time to put together. They take take a long time to write and get published and printed and distributed. And so you never know. What the economic conditions are going to be when the book actually hits the bookshelves, uh, bookstores, because uh, there's a long lead time. But it does seem that, you know, gold is the best performing asset class in 2016. Uh, seems to be uh, an, on a very strong vector right now. So maybe it's just uh, good luck. I, th- I thought the uh, I thought the book uh, was important really at any time because gold always has a place in a portfolio. But we, we may have got the timing right on, uh, on this one. So I'm very happy about that.
0: Well, if you would share with the listeners, uh, what
1: – what are some things that they will be learning from the from your new book well a couple of things Maurice. one uh, the the title is the new case for gold uh and a lot of people say well, what's new about it people have been arguing about gold and debating gold for decades or even centuries which is true uh, but there are some new reasons 21st century reasons to have gold in your portfolio first and foremost as uh, the threat of cyber financial warfare and hacking um you know Vladimir Putin has a 6000 member cyber brigade working day and night to penetrate, disrupt, destroy, delete and erase digital financial records i run into very wealthy individuals some of them billionaires and you say well what do you have and they say oh i have stocks and i have bonds and i have this and i have that and i say no you don't you have electrons Uh, those can be wiped out those can be completely eliminated and erased and you would have nothing left uh the great thing about gold of course is that it's physical uh bullion coins uh whatever form you have it in um it can't be hacked it can't be erased And so gold will uh, preserve wealth even even in the event of an attack like that. That's not something we were talking about even five years ago, certainly not 10 or 20 years ago. There was no uh, real cyber threat of the kind we have today. So in addition to all the traditional reasons, another reason to have gold is that it is physical and tangible and it cannot be erased or hacked either by criminal gangs or, or adversaries such as Russia, China, North Korea, Syria, Iran. They all have Uh, cyber brigades who are working to uh, destroy digital wealth.
0: Well, you know, sticking with that theme for a second here, you know, I'm concerned about the aforementioned attacks uh, on electronic wealth that that you just conveyed. What would you say to investors that do not wish to have bullion in their possession? Now we know your stance on gold ETFs, but will owning proxies to gold suffice for stewardship? By that, I'm implying funds such as, uh, let's say, Sprott Physical Gold Trust or Axel Merck's
1: OUNZ. Does that still imply the same? But you have to be careful. Uh, I don't recommend what I call paper gold. So ETFs, Comex Futures, or what are called unallocated gold uh, contracts from London Bullion Market Association banks, those are all paper contracts. You don't have uh, any segregated separate physical gold, and you cannot very easily get gold. Now, Comex Futures, they say you can put in a notice uh, for delivery and take delivery from the physical gold. The problem with that is they have 100 times more contracts than they do gold. So in the steady state, you really just roll over your paper contracts. But if there's a buying panic or a super spike in the price of gold, which I do expect, and everybody runs down to the Comex vault to get their gold at the same time, only, you know, it's kind of like 100 people show up and they only have one bar of gold. The first guy might get the gold, but the next 99 are out of luck. Same thing with uh, ETFs where they have a, a lag of up to 28 days, perhaps longer, where between the time uh, they, the new money comes in and when they actually buy the gold, again, they're going to have to shut that down in a buying panic. And that's exactly when, you know, when you want your gold the most is when you're not going to be able to get it from these paper contracts. Uh, again, the same thing with the, um, the unallocated forwards. They sell more gold than they actually have. So none of those work. Now, there are some gold funds, uh, physical gold funds, Sprott and a few others, where, okay, you buy a, a unit or a share, but the sponsor then takes your money, buys physical gold. You have the title of that gold. If you want it delivered, you can call up. They'll deliver it to you. Uh, If you want them to sell it and send you the proceeds, they'll do that. So there's a much more direct linkage between your investment and the gold. So there are a couple like that that I recommend. But the the best uh, way to own gold is actually physical gold yourself. Uh, you don't have to keep it in your home if you don't like it. There, there are uh, reliable non-bank vaults. Uh, I don't recommend putting it in, in the banks, by the way, because, again, in a panic, the banks will be shut down. You won't be able to get your gold. But there are non-bank um, uh, secure logistics firms like like uh, Brinks, Loomis, Dunbar. There are many others that are perhaps not as well-known, but they're reputable. They've got insurance. And uh, you have to do your due diligence like anything else. But there are there is good, safe, non-bank storage uh, for your physical gold.
0: For the non-bank storage, are you uh, specifically referring to segregated and allocated?
1: Well, what I'm saying is if you actually own the gold, then yes, it it is segregated and allocated. uh, But you would actually have your gold and and make arrangements with a vault operator to store your gold there. So there would never be any question about the fact that that's your gold. Now, with segregated and allocated, uh, that's more like the – the funds I'm describing, uh, I mentioned earlier, physical gold fund and Sprott and a few others where, you know, you you buy a unit, you send them the money, they buy the gold and then they say, OK, here's a gold bar. It's got a serial number. It's got a weight or here's some physical quantity of gold. That's your gold. Uh, we keep it for you. But uh, if you want it, call us up and we'll deliver it to you. So, yes, that's the only way to own uh, physical gold. Either you buy it yourself and store it or buy it from a, 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 a plan sponsor or manager who segregates it for you. But uh, the, the big banks, London Bullion Market Association banks, GLD, ETFs, Comex Futures, you, that's not the way to own gold because you have no title to the actual gold.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. Switching gears here. Gold is known as a precious metal for a reason because of its rarity. Thus, I've heard the paradigm advocated by uh, Keynesian stating that gold could not function in any financial system. Why is their thesis
1: incorrect? Well, you know, Maurice, that's a good question. Ninety percent of my book, The New Case for Gold, are positive, affirmative reasons to own gold. But about 10 percent of it, I shoot down all these arguments. There are arguments against gold that you hear over and over again. I hear them all the time. I actually research them. They're all incorrect, obsolete. Not one of them holds water. Not one of them stands up to scrutiny, but you hear them nevertheless from very smart people, uh, including uh, professional economists and and others. I just got kind of sick and tired of hearing them. So I said, well, the first thing I'm going to do in the book is shoot down those arguments, and then I'll move on and make the case for gold. So uh, what the Keynesians say, for example, is that, well, they say a number of things that are wrong. They say there's not enough gold in the world uh, to to support global commerce and the international monetary system. Well, that's nonsense. I mean, there's always however much gold there is. Uh, It's not a question of quantity, it's a question of price. So yes, if you set the price too low uh, relative to the money supply, that is deflationary. So the solution is just to set the price higher. I've actually done the math uh, looking at the total money supply, the total supply of physical gold, um, make some assumptions, do you want 40% backing or 100% backing, etc. So you do have a few inputs like that. But my um, my calculations, all based on hard data, is that uh, gold would have to be at least $10,000 an ounce, possibly much higher. Uh, at that price that would not be deflationary so yeah you can set the price wrong and cause deflation that's what the keynesians say well my answer is just set the price in the right place Um, and the answer is ten thousand dollars more i do expect gold to go there for that reason Uh, the other thing uh, the keynesians say is that uh you need an elastic money supply because you know the economy grows about you know the global economy grows about three four percent a year mining output the increase of gold relative to the total stock is about one point six percent a year, which it is. So they say, see, the you know gold does, gold supply does not increase fast enough to support the growth in world commerce. That's not true because the gold the gold mining output is irrelevant. Uh, what, the, what the Keynesians fail to distinguish is the difference between official gold and total gold. Total gold is about 180,000 tons. Of that uh, official gold, that is the gold owned by central banks and finance ministries, is about 35,000 tons. But that leaves 145,000 tons of private gold. If a central bank wants to um, ease the money supply and, and under discretionary monetary policy on a gold standard, all they have to do is print money and buy gold, just buy some of the private gold. In other words, mining output is not a constraint on the ability of central banks to acquire more gold. All they have to do is buy it from the private sector. So, uh, so th- these are examples of arguments. As I said, they don't hold water. I shoot down every one of them, and then I go on to make uh, an affirmative positive case for having gold in your portfolio.
0: Well, I look forward to reading that. <laughs> um, you've conveyed that gold must serve as a fundamental allocation to one's portfolio.
1: May I ask for the listeners, how much do you believe is sufficient for one's portfolio? Uh, my view is the right amount is 10%. 10% of investable assets. Maurice, let me explain what I mean by investable assets. So, uh, take your home equity, put it to one side. Take your business equity. So, let's say you're, uh, you know, dry cleaner, a pizza parlor operator, car dealer, doctor, dentist, lawyer, whatever it is. Take that business equity and, and put it to one side. You don't want to bet with your house money. You don't want to bet with your your livelihood. But everything left over, everything other than that, those are your investable assets. I recommend 10% of that in gold, and the reason is um, 10% is uh, is plenty. was if if the system collapses as I expect, that 10% allocation is going to go up by multiples, so you'll do fine. Uh, if everything is wonderful and uh, there are no downdrafts in the stock market and gold doesn't do very much, you're not going to get hurt with 10%. So to me, 10% is enough to provide insurance and protection against the rest of your portfolio but not so much that if it goes down, you'll get hurt. So I think 10% is the right amount.
0: Okay, fair enough. And what would you like to share with those that haven't deployed capital to gold with hopes of trying to
1: time the market? Uh, What are you waiting for? In other words, the problem, uh, Maurice, is that There will be a gold buying panic. There will come a time when uh, gold's going up, you know, $100 an ounce per day, $200 per ounce per day. And then a lot of people are going to wake up and say, oh, gee, I better get some gold. You're not going to be able to get it. There are already physical shortages. I just got back from uh, Switzerland. I met with the head of the world's largest gold refinery. And when you think about what do refineries do, gold refineries do, they take gold in the front door they refine it into different forms, and they ship it out the back door. So this guy knows who all the sellers are. He knows who all the buyers are because those are the people he acquires gold from, and those are his customers. He tells me he's got a waiting list of buyers. Uh, that uh, Chinese, he sells them about 10 tons a week. He said they'd like to buy twice as much, but I can't sell it to them because I don't have that much gold. He said on the, on the incoming side, he said, I'm seeing gold shortages. He said, he's been in the business 35 years. He's never seen anything like the current situation. He said, I'm having difficulty sourcing the gold. So the physical shortages are already showing up. The Chinese are buying gold by the thousands of tons. The Russians are acquiring gold. Uh, they purchased over 1,000 tons in the last seven years. So uh, when you want the gold, you're not going to be able to get it. So the time to get it is now. That's truly concerning. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's
0: really uh, uh, it's quite a, amazing just to hear those numbers in, in that magnitude. In closing, I realize the emphasis is gold and should remain on gold, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask. Platinum doesn't really have a role in monetary history, but a couple of years ago, Congress wanted to pass a bill to have a platinum coin pay off the national debt. Did the U.S. show their hand on a potential introduction of platinum
1: into a precious metals-backed currency? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, that was first of all, that whole idea was nonsense. The the, the idea was it's not, it's not as if they were going to have you know 19 trillion dollars worth of platinum. There Correct. Isn't that much, <laughs> there isn't that much platinum in the world, at least at least not at current prices. What they were going to do is print a coin and just say it was worth 19 trillion dollars. So here, say Here's or actually, it was they were trying to finance the deficit, I believe. So maybe it was only uh, a you know a 400 billion dollar coin, but whatever it was, they were going to just uh, by fiat, designate the coin, and this was in reliance on some provision of the Constitution that gives Congress authority to, to uh, set the coinage. You know, so they said, well, you don't have to issue paper debt uh, or you know le- electronic uh, uh, debt from the Treasury. You can actually print this coin, say it's worth X, and you know, pay off the deficit. The whole thing was nonsense. Uh, I don't really think it, it's revealing as far as platinum is concerned. The problem with platinum, silver, and palladium as precious metals, they are precious metals. They do have value. Uh, silver h- historically has performed a monetary role. Uh, the problem is they're also industrial inputs. Mm-hmm. So, in analyzing them, you have to separate the money role or the precious metals role on the one hand from the industrial role on the other. Clouds the picture a little bit. The thing I like about gold is that gold's actually not good for anything except money. It's the perfect form of money, but it's not good for much else. And so, you can just think of gold as money, think of it in a monetary context. For purposes of analysis, and you don't have to worry about industrial supply and demand um, the way you do with silver. So I, I think silver is, is uh, actually useful to have, um, you know, silver coins in the event of a you know dire. Uh, social breakdown, the power grid collapses, etc. Uh, gold will preserve your wealth. You definitely want gold. But for buying, you know, a, a couple days' worth of groceries, uh, you know, a gold coin will probably get you a year's worth of groceries. You might want a few silver coins to buy that day's groceries uh, to feed your family. So um, I, I think silver will tag along with gold, but I primarily uh, emphasize the need to uh, to have gold in your portfolio. I recommend 10%. It'll preserve wealth and uh, make sure it's physical, not paper, because uh, when gold goes up a lot, the paper contracts are not going to be honored. They're going to be terminated. But if you have physical gold, you'll be protected.
0: Well, thank you for that clarification. Uh, Mr. Rickards, please share
1: with the listeners where they can purchase the new case for gold and where they can continue to follow your work. Uh, Thank you, Maurice. The New Case for Gold is uh, on sale in bookstores uh, everywhere. Uh, It's also available on Amazon.com, so just go Amazon The New Case for Gold. You'll find it right away. Um, And um, if people are interested in in more, I have a newsletter called Strategic Intelligence, Uh, Jim Rickards Strategic Intelligence. You can Google that. Uh, I'm also very active on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at James G. Rickards. My middle initial G for George, at James G. Rickards. R-I-C-K-A-R-D-S, and my website, uh, the www.jamesrickardsproject.com. So thank you, Maurice. I'm very uh, happy to share all that with your listeners.
0: Well, thank you, sir. Mr. Rickards, we look forward to reading The New Case for Gold. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only